Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. To be honest with you, uh, I cried for you. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, England claimed the Wisdom Trophy 2-1 after some gorgeous, clean Ollie Pope runs. Stuart Broad's 10 for, thus taking in past 500 of your test wickets. And Chris Wokes's underrated salad. Rakeem Cornwall didn't do anything, but we need to talk about the ultimate rig base selection on top of some IPL chat and being forced to turn up in your club match in whites. Jack Leach is on the show from the bubble in Manchester to talk about the NHS and a surprising defence of his own rig. Mitchell Stark is on the show from a car in Northern Beaches to discuss baiting Coley, Warner's TikToks and Golden Balls Cummins. Hashtag AskTJC centres around umpires with criminal convictions, being called daddy kisser by your mates and what to do if a love interest likes cricket. This is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggleruk.com and also Pezza, Wisdom Cricket Monthly who are offering a good little deal to our listeners, which we'll talk about a little later in the show. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined by Sam Perry Pezza. G'day. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night to you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good to be here in your, uh, yeah, Melbourne homestead, working. All right, enough of that. Sorry. <laughs> Stuart Broad's 500th test wicket, you know, 501 test wickets. It, it brought a question to my mind. Have you ever witnessed a, an achievement of such, you know, grandiose, yeah. you know, uh, whatever? Um, Majesty. Yes, thank you. Uh, with little to no fanfare, obviously referring to there being a lack of crowd, which I felt sorry for him about. I thought about it. He goes, thank you for that question. You, you preempted this question. I had some time to prepare. And, of course, you scan your memory all the time. Uh, Endlessly. Being part of the grade cricketer for things that happened while you played grade cricket. And you think, geez, I really should be able to, you know, come up with things that had little to no fanfare. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, during my career, because that's literally what happens. But I've yes. got—I've not got a cricket example actually. I've got a recent example Perfect. from outside the cricket sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came online uh, on Saturday night, uh, July twenty-five. A tweet from at um, one and underscore Higgins, <laughs> and it said, "Sitting in my apartment with no lights on, thinking that if we put a giant mirror approximately sixty-six million light years away in space, we'd be able to see dinosaurs." Ha ha ha! Yeah, I'll have another glass. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Now. I think this was a great achievement without much fanfare because it limped to 91 likes. <laughs> okay. But I thought it was really good. I thought, good little metaphysician. <laughs> Thanks. So Someone said that actually that would also work if it was 33 
million light week years away. Yeah. And as you know, I don't do anything by halves, Bezza. Mm. So can you, you see know. can you see into the past with that? Well, because if you're looking in your own mirror, if you're looking at any any mirror, right, the yeah. actual reflection that you're looking at is actually about like four nanoseconds or something from what you're actually seeing. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you are a metaphysician nothing's out live. there, yeah. nothing's live. Nothing is live. That's nothing's very live. good. If you are if you are familiar with whether we can uh, see into the past with mirrors, mm-hmm. as Ian has just alleged, please let us know. I uh, would love some more information on that as we expand this podcast beyond uh, Broad's <laughs> 500 test wickets <laughs> and whatnot. So yeah, mate. Yeah, I mean, you you rightly said the correct answer is everything that's ever happened on a great cricket field has no fans. That's yeah. right, that's right. But are they achievements? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or are they a waste of time? Yeah, exactly. Joe Rogan was actually talking about you know, video games, mm. uh, how they're like a massive waste of time. But you don't achieve anything. <laughs> you don't achieve anything. And then as people have pointed out, well, he does like three-hour-long podcasts just True. sitting around smoking mm. weed and drinking wine. So, mm. you know, and selling do- it for $120 million to Spotify. And rightfully so. Mm. Come and get me plea, great Mate, cricketer. People aren't talking about Chris Wokes' a salad. No. It's it's really good. It's really good. And he's nice. He's a nice guy. He's the kind of guy, like, you know, like he, he'll call you the next morning. Yeah? He'll call you the next morning. Yeah. Warwickshire boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mean to call him boy. I mean, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Took yeah. five wickets in the fourth innings here in uh, Manchester. But, I, like, the, also that doesn't really matter because Stuart Broad gets the 500 and that's that's the story. And the 10 for the match, obviously. But that's like, almost Wokes' story, though, a little bit, isn't it? I mean, it, it's going to be the, the the story of the match is Broad takes 10 for man mm-hmm. of the match, hits an incredible 60 of, mm. you know, very few rocks. Yeah. And they are rocks. Seeds. Yeah. And uh, mm. it's a bit of a um, take that to selectors and he takes his 500th pole. Uh, the, the spell of the match was, was Wokes. Uh, and I feel like Works has been doing that through his career. Like, is he broad light? Uh, is he always going to be in broad shadow until he goes? Maybe who cares? Can we speak the other day about how he <laughs> – maybe no one cares. <laughs> Isn't this the thing with um, Works rather that he's got an incredible record uh, in England? Mm. But has there ever been a just a better England bowl, England-specific bowler? Because, I mean, he's just – He's come out to Australia before and it hasn't really worked out. And obviously Australia is the be-all and end-all of all cricket. Well, that's right. But, I mean, you go to India. Like, it just – it works in England but it doesn't work other places. You know, but is it okay to just be that – you know, people say that's about Khawaja or Dave Warner, the home runs. What about the home runs? What about – where are the away runs, you know? Are we talking about Wokes or Broad here or we're both? To, well, because well, <laughs> I think it applies to well, both. Well, Broad – yeah, Broad's got 480 home wickets. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was more talking about Wokes. Oh, yeah. Well, Because Wokes for me is the story of this match. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going to focus. This is the Wokes show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Woke cast. It's all, it's, all, um, it's all part of Australian perceptions, isn't it? I mm. mean, it really, and we'll get into this with Broad and stuff, but, you know, if it doesn't happen in Australia, did it happen? Mm. Uh, we've said that many, many times before. It's completely incorrect. It's all a matter of perception. Mm. And uh, he, he can do what he likes in England, but, you know, the comments underneath the cricket.com.au post will always just be like, <laughs> well, you've got them all at home. Doesn't matter. I didn't see them because I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, the real story, can't we just started this show talking yeah. about Wokes. That's yeah. my bad. I was, just, I was just looking at his hair, the highlights yeah. this morning. Yeah. The beard's good. Headband's looking nice. Yeah. Good salad. Yeah, very nice guy. guy. Good yeah, it's very English and I like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Stuart Broad takes his 500th test wicket. Yes. I mean, let's start with the negatives. Please. Why didn't he walk in the ash? No. <laughs> no. What the fuck were England playing at not picking him in the first test? I mean, that's the only reason the West Indies are in this series, you know, up until the final day when they're trying to bat to save the series to retain the Wisdom Trophy. Mm. What the fuck were they playing at not picking him? He, he's, he's better in England at the moment than Anderson. Which is a big call. Well, yeah, like a little bit to say about Stuart Broad here. Obviously, congratulations on 500 test wickets. Come on the show. Uh, please come on the show, Stuart. Mm. Uh, we have invited you once or twice. Uh, there's a little bit close and then mm. 
doesn't happen, but that's okay because mm. he's of that sufficient standard where you sort of go, well, he's, he's allowed to brush us. He's allowed, yeah. Greg Matthews just says, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he does. His latest, his latest answer was not yet. And I like that. I'm mm. like, when, Mo? Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. If not now, when? Exactly. No one's busy. I want to, just on, on the topic of broad and starting with negativity, which reflects more on Australians here, like this mm-hmm. is courtesy of Nick Tuvey okay. on Twitter, at one two. It's a very good account. Aussie guy, loves the bears actually. Uh, and I got his permission to to kind of run this. But but he wrote this morning, like he ran every cricket.com.au comment through AI, artificial intelligence, and got it to generate some typical responses on the Stuart Broad post, which which was a cricket.com.au post this morning congratulating him on five wickets. And there's been a few of these from Australia. We'll get to that in a second. But okay. here are the comments. Okay. Um, 320 wickets in Homeland. Uh, <laughs> definitely the most average bowler on that list. The HBO Stuff show. the poms stick to posts about Australians. Majority of goods wickets at home and it's great achievements, but when Asian bowlers spinners achieve such numbers, they are home flat pitch bullies, double standards by the white cricketing fraternity. Not sure how I'd feel if he overtook McGrath. I'd get close to 500 if I bowled on some of those pitches in England. Also, smashed it to slip, am I hot and gay boy? <laughs> that was the response. There were the cricket.com.au responses. They, he, uh, just to be clear... Nick didn't run that through AI. They were literally just right. the, the, the responses underneath yeah. the... And that wasn't just one response. Was no, no. That was, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. It was a bullet point. Yeah, yeah, that was about eight different responses. So okay. that's Australia. Uh, yeah. I, I noticed like ABC Welcome. Grandstand this morning on Facebook. I've got a picture of Anderson and Broad. And, and the question is, you know, name a, pet, a, a better pace duo, dot, dot, dot. You mm. know, it's like a red rag to an internet-brained Australian mm. bull. Mm-hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the the social platforms are trying to uh, capitalise on this for for a bit of clickbait and a little bit of wind up stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Stuart Broad, what a bowler, an incredible bowler in England, also outside as well. Sixty five percent of his wickets are at home. Okay, so what's what's okay, j- just the what two hundred on mm. away? Mm. Don't know. Pretty good player, and probably at this moment, England's best quick. Yeah. Well, he's gonna he's gonna go past he's gonna go past McGrath. McGrath had 563. Anderson's on 589. I think the more interesting question is who's going to finish with more. Anderson's 37. Mm. He's on 589 wickets. Broad has just turned 34. Mm. Anderson also, yeah, just turned 37. Three years apart. Broad's, so Broad's got three years to go past Anderson. He might do. He might, I mean, they're both going to pass, go past 600, I imagine. It's amazing. It, yeah, it is, what, what they've done is amazing. It's but as simple do we, as that. Do we as Australians have to say, yeah, but if, if they played in England, then they would – like McGrath would have had 900 well, wickets. But he played in the fucking Gabba. Why don't Australians like him? He goes like uh, there are many reasons, walk. I think, because he didn't walk. I think it's more than that. Mate, like, the I, walking thing – sorry, yeah, the walking thing is like the fucking best – it's the most Australian yeah, thing you can do. Exactly. I bet you know, Gilchrist walked. He's probably the only guy in Australian history who's walked. Mm. Like that was funny. What Broad did there was funny. There's other things I don't like about Broad. The celebrity appeal has got to go. It's It's shit. It's shit, the slipper appeal. I know, like, if you're if you English, you're probably like, no, nah, I love it. it it's, it's shit. We're going to have five different topics that have raised that we must bring together over the next well, few I'm, minutes. I'm now speaking about in the same way that, guy, that one guy commented on Broad, the AI. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like, Aussies don't like him for reasons that can be traced back to insecurity, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like, maybe he looks a bit preppy. I could be the English, yeah. sort of soft face. Mm-hmm. Um, he smashed it's it to soft sl- face. Smashed it to slip once, um, <laughs> but I still think it's like because of one forties club stuff, you know. Like, and and if oh, it didn't mean? happen in Australia, it didn't happen. So, like, you know, broad hoops that he hits the seam, mm. he pumps those knees, but like the ball doesn't go through the chest. 
So we yeah, don't know how to respect that. He doesn't frighten people. Like Australians will respect opposition bowlers who, mm. who deal in fear, you know, like yeah. they like Stain, they like Rabada, mm-hmm. guys who've done it in Australia mm-hmm. a little bit. They like Boomerah, Flintoff, Wazim, Waka. Mm-hmm. Obviously Wazim, mm-hmm. he really hooped it. But mm-hmm. like he still frightened yeah. guys. It was, a, it was a humiliation, a fear. In fact, it was a wider eyes popping out of the head sort of stuff. Like mm-hmm. we respect that. It's visceral. Mm-hmm. Broad doesn't do that in Australia, so therefore it doesn't count. It's the same with Anderson, although the record suggests otherwise. That's sexy language through the chest. He doesn't get mm-hmm. it through the chest. The chest. I fucking love that. But get it uh, through the chest, Pezza. Exactly, get it through my chest. Uh, but you know, on the other hand, like uh, England didn't pick Broad for that first test. Yeah, they picked a team ready for the Gabber in 2021, and and when yeah. would an Archer breakdown in that match? Yes, uh, and Australia win by an innings and 145 runs. We'll see what a disaster it was that England's picked Broad for these last two tests. Well, 16 wickets in two yeah. games. Who cares? The GS Bowl and the Gabber are often mm. compared mm. in the same breath. Um, Celebr appeal. Celebr appeal. So. You, so Give me more on your Not your, into your it, films, mate. Yeah. Not into it. Like, yeah. I just – first of all, the rule was literally changed because, like, it was a shit look and that, like, you need mm-hmm. to respect the umpire's decision. But it's, it's not even that for me. It's just, like, it's 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 real um, – I, I haven't actually thought about this in terms of articulating it in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. Why would I? Because I'm not a professional yeah. communicator. You're not in words. Not in words. Um, but it's just, like, just running – like, there was one in this match just there where he literally just gave it a double-barrel fist pump as yeah. the ball hit the pad. It's like it's, it's not, a meme now. It's not funny. Yeah, he's done some funny stuff in the past. Broad, don't, I'm not a broad hater. Yeah, so as I said before, lo- love the nicking love it to gully and not walking. Yeah. Love the you know over the mouth shock face. Yeah, yeah shock face. Yeah. Early masking. Yeah, from from Stuart Trent Bridge 2015 when, time. when he took eight for fifteen mm. in in four minutes against mm. Australia. Um, yeah, Liverpool's got to go. And it's more like the fucking jerking off from people on the internet being like, oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so, no, it's, it, no, it's shit. Celeb repeal. It's one yeah. of those things like a new English Premier League player that you've never said it out loud before. I've seen the word celeb repeal. Mm. But look, uh, can we get into the granularity of I'm the not cele- that well, celeb repeal? I'm like an angry Australian. Well, I want to like, I think there, there's there's a bit of nuance to it. So like Is there? good quicks average a wicket every 50 to 60 balls or so. So like in my more generous moments, I'm thinking – if you've run in 20 metres, 25 metres, and then like on the 55th time you wrap the pad, you're in a contest with a bat, like I can understand a bowler going, oh, I don't want to turn around. Like I know that's out. I don't want to turn around. I'm just going to go for it. That's fine. But now that it's a bit of a meme, it's a trademark, it's like a brand, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've got sort of more detailed theories on it, right? So like I reckon you can do the celebrity appeal as long as you like until you get one wrong. Mm-hmm. As soon as you, as soon as you celebrate appeal and umpire says not out, like it's not dead, you look shit. Mm-hmm. I think it looks ordinary. It, it looks like a, a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for stone dead dismissals, but like when it's used as a tool to con the umpire, I think it loses its spirit. Like it's mm-hmm. it's about arrogant pageantry. Mm-hmm. Like I got you. You're, you're dead. I'm not even going to look at the umpire. You're so dead. Out. Mm-hmm. I nailed you. But now it's used as a kind of like no, this is definitely out. And then and then there's the whole awkwardness of oh, it's not given out. Then you get a shock face and. Mm. I mean, my memory is that like McGrath and, and Lee started that kind of stuff yeah, as well. But I think now, so, yeah. now Broad's made it. He's kind of his meme. Mm. I just like to. I just think if you're going to do it, get it right. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Otherwise, it looks a bit yuck. The funny thing about the appeal is that, like, it, you know, when LBWs are so funny that you don't have to appeal. Yeah, but it hits a pad and yeah. people start laughing. Yeah, like the ball comes back to, down the middle of the wicket and it hits mm. like the fleshy part of the pad where it mm. feels quite nice as a batsman. Mm. Just like oh, that was yeah. soft. The belly yeah. felt the impact. I middled that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice bit. Yeah. That's when yeah, that's when a celebrity appeal can work yeah. where it's funny. People are laughing. Mm. Same as like when Flintoff sledged Tino Best. Like he didn't when Tino Best ran down the wicket mm. and got run out effectively, stumped by Gerard mm. Jones. It was like he didn't need to send him off. He just started laughing because the whole situation mm. was funny. That's mm. the that's the spirit of a celebrity appeal. But mm. like yeah, I I agree with you and you've articulated that much better than. I have Rakeem Cornwell Pez. Yeah. Yeah. What a rig. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it. it do you know his story? I, I don't. Well, I don't so I, when, I, when I say, do you know his story? Yeah. Like, like there's yeah. only one story about yeah. Raheem Cornwall. No, well, <laughs> no, the thing is that apparently he was tapped up by the San Francisco 49ers, who were obviously going through something at the time because yeah, it was yeah. around about the same time when Jared Hayne, the uh, rugby league player in Australia, yeah. uh, went over there, and there was a couple of other guys who were like who didn't have any sort of um, American football experience. Mm. And Raheem Cornwall, they literally tapped him up because they saw him, and he's six foot six frame. It's like I don't. I don't Stone to me is an unusual measurement where I don't yeah. know. It doesn't equate to anything. It doesn't go to my metric yeah, brain. It's not intuitive, yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, they just saw him and they think we're going to – we want a bit of that. Yeah. We want a bit of that. Piece of and that. they just – to me it just goes straight into the thing of just like every single athlete professionally in the entire world is just a gift. It's, mm. He's born. Everyone out there is just slugging it out on the weekends thinking like, you know, if I just make one score here I can build myself up. No, nah, it's a gift. Mm. It's all a gift. He's never even played American football. Six foot six, a scout comes on and goes, hmm. Wouldn't mind a bit of that. Look at the rig. But then he got picked for uh, the West Indies in a test match and he's like, the dream was over. Yeah, man. I mean, how, how, I, I don't know. Like, we're what all fucking wasting our time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid game. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got some yeah. stuff going on at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, angry this morning. Yeah. You didn't expect it either. Yeah. No. Uh, Fuck you, say? Everything. Um, <laughs> every, like, I think everything's been, every superlative has been said about Rakeem Cornwall. And I think when you um, troll the internet, as we do, yes. uh, for work. You can't you, like a you lot of you don't navigate the internet. You trawl. You trawl. Yes, uh, like it's a trawler on the Great Barrier Reef. Everyone's a bottom feeder. At the yeah, fucking exactly, yeah. causing environmental damage. Picking <laughs> oh, up, mate, the damage. Got, that's right. The reef brain. ends up bleaching, <laughs> and that's like my brain. <laughs> the internet. I'll say my brain's a Great Barrier Reef because it's one of the seven wonders of the world. My brain is not that. You've got bleach pros. reef brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But most people, I think yeah. most people are very praiseworthy of Raheem Cornwall. Uh, just going, oh, this is this His is record's one, actually good. This is one for all the village cricketers out there and mm. whatever for the rigs. You get it. That, that's mm. fine. And that, but then you get the occasional person who rig shames him, and you sort of go, mate. Like, and I say, mate, yeah. collectively to all these people who do yeah. this, yeah. And, like it is one of those ones. Like, mate, you, do you play a lot of Test cricket? Do you play a lot yeah. of international cricket for your country? Do you mm. play the code? I don't play that much. How do you have the confidence to rig shame a bloke who is six foot six and plays for the West Indies? Like, mm. get back in that box. You know what I think about his rig? No. Is that it's proportionate. Yeah. He's not – like, he's actually in shape. His BMI's great. BMI's terrific. That's six foot seven. It's terrific. Yeah. Um, it's not. He, he is a bit like – if you're making, you know, if you're playing a bit of 2K NBA stuff. As, and as you like to do. From an occasion. And, you know, you're making your own character. Yep. He's the character you're making. Yeah. He's just, he's, he'll run like a nine-second hundred. He can dunk on you. He'll back up in the paint. You know, he can shoot threes. That's Rakeem Cornwall to me. Yeah. But he bowls off spin as well. So he's a bit of a parody of the meme. How she finally gets like the, uh, the, something about his body allows a really good sling on the ball. Can't I don't run. Know. He can't run. Oh, I said, I've said a nine seven hundred. I saw him batting. He was he was strolling some twos. Great, good, good even better. Him. Good luck to him. I love that cricket allows that. There's so many sports these days where like cricket it just, does allow that. It, it is impossible to play unless you are literally like a fucking SAS. Yes, yeah, Pat like, Cummins. Unless you Cummins. Yeah, it's the opposite of the point I was making because I was saying cricket sounding. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, is there anything else to talk about? Oh, Kemar Roach went past 200 with test wickets. Respect. Yeah. yeah. Other other names in there, Walsh, Ambrose, Marshall, Garner, Holding, Roberts. Pretty good. Roach. Just to put it in perspective, because we don't see West Indies play test cricket in Australia very much. Yeah. Uh, he's so, – so I got this uh, – so Siddle, 67 matches, 220 wickets at 30. Mm-hmm. Peter Siddle, 
commands a lot of respect. Murph yeah. Hughes, 52 matches, 212 wickets at 28. Yeah. Kim Irish, 59 matches, 200 wickets at 27. It's roughly the same. So you, you put him in, in that kind of uh, company mm. and doing it with teams that supported him far less than those yeah. two players would have had. So yeah. very, very good player. Um, it's been said actually that uh, I didn't realise that, that the West Indies took a pay cut. They took a 50% pay cut to play this series. Mm. Three of their guys, three of their top batsmen didn't come yep. because they didn't want to travel due to COVID fears. Um, they had they didn't need to play this series, but they have, and they've given us something to watch for yep. us in Australia yep. at one in the morning. Um, fair play. And, they, and they've given it actually, well, the last two test matches, England's clearly been the better side, but they've given a good shake. I mean, they fucking won the first test. Yeah. Batting just run out of steam. Really yeah. hoping for rain for a couple of days in Manchester just to kind of mm. piss spoil their way to retaining the Wiston Trophy. Sponsor of the show, Wiston Cricket Monthly. We'll they, um, yeah, they, they only played 12 players as well um, in this series. The West Indies, whereas England played maybe 14, 15, 16, mm. something like that, and they rotated the bowlers. Whereas mm. Ahead of the Gabba. West, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whereas... Who they, uh, uh, Joseph came in for you know, came out for Cornwall. Yeah, so I mean, fair play. There are three tests against Pakistan coming up, Pez, uh, starting Friday week. Uh, that should be interesting. They're playing. They're playing one test at Old Trafford again. Still, these guys are. Just, are they just living in? They're living at the ground. Though? Living at that hotel. They can't leave. Yeah, they're that's bubble, fucking bubble boy that's stuff. Grim. Have seen. you ever played at the ground where you're like, I could stay here for seven, eight weeks? <laughs> No, mate, I, I haven't gone to the ground and had that. I had yeah. a lot of thoughts playing yeah. Grey Creek, but I haven't thought I could stay here for seven <laughs> or eight weeks. Have you? It seems like something you've thought before. A couple of grounds. Yeah. A okay. couple of grounds. Yeah. Stuff at home again, just with Once me. again. Run me down that blind alley. <laughs> <laughs> you ever want to stay at the ground for eight weeks? Yeah, mate. Absolutely. I'll work with that. Sorry. <laughs> then they yeah. go, they're playing two at the Aegeus Bowl, which I still yeah. call the Rose Bowl. Oh, well, I get, we had I'm Pakistan curious. out here last year, so I'm just – I'm looking forward to assessing uh, the and trawling the internet yeah. for commentary on how old Nazim Shah is. <laughs> well, Dave Warner hit 300 in a test match against mm. um, Pakistan. So you're looking forward to Dom Sidley's 300? Absolutely. absolutely. We talked to Mitch Stark about that later on the show, actually. His, his yeah. views on England's top three. Um, well, before we get into the guests uh, this week, we've got Jack Leach coming up and Mitchell Stark as well before we get into hashtag RTDC. But we should uh, shout out our, our sponsor. Uh, Wisdom Cricket Monthly magazine, mm. Pezza. Yeah. Who are uh, supporting us. They are supporting us. Through and it, it, once again, great and possibly incongruous for the great cricketer to be aligned with such a great name. Sponsor yes. of the recent uh, England West Indies series, yes. but also more importantly, probably, you know, the, uh, the, the the seminal tome, the seminal brand that covers stories of cricket from the start of literally, uh, literally the start of the game. Yes, from the first international match between the USA and Canada at Central Park. Look at it, look into it. <laughs> That's one of the um, great games. Turned wisdom, a bit late. Wisdom was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they've got Wisdom Cricket Monthly coming out. It's issue thirty four. Two massive things happening in issue thirty four. Firstly, we are lucky enough to get a look at these magazines before they come out. Uh, the digital magazine, it is actually amazing. We said this last week, but like, if you secretly really like cricket, mm-hmm. it, it, there's everything there for you. Short, long, little tidbits, funny stuff. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, links to podcasts, great pictures, etc. But the two massive ones in this issue are a profile of Stuart Broad written by Derek Pringle, uh, which I've had a look at as well. It goes for a good couple of pages. And you know how it is when like – 
you don't get it a lot in Australia, but like when an ex-test or an international player, like a former international player, um, covers a current player and they're a really good rider like Derek Pringle, mm-hmm. you just get he just adds that credibility to it. And his mm-hmm. his piece on Broad is great. Um, don't want to give too much away about it. But it talks about his old school approach to stuff, uh, the fact that you know he he kind of shies away from public stuff, Stuart Broad, and you know compares him to his dad if you're into that sort of stuff, which we are, which we are, which we are very much. And mm-hmm. the Steve Smith one. This will be especially important to you because you love he goes away from the um, away from the microphone. You love to just speculate on his best innings ever. You often talk about what is his best innings. Well, mm-hmm. Adam Burnett, great writer. We cricket.com today, you do some freelance stuff as well. Adam Burnett for Wisden sits down with Steve Smith exclusively and Smith goes through his 10 most important innings, mm-hmm. the innings that made him. So mm-hmm. from the horse's mouth, Smith is a horse in this analogy. Yes. He goes through his 10 most important innings and – they're not all hundreds, mate, as you'd imagine. Yeah. A couple of good little That's stories. That's the great thing about being such a good player, where you can just say like, oh, was your highest score, your best innings? Well, because Bradman did this. Yeah, exactly. It was like, well, was he, was he 800 that you scored? No, well, actually yeah. my, my 217 mm. uh, where I hit every ball exactly where I wanted to or whatever yeah. the thing was. Yeah. yeah. Not in the top 10. Not in the top uh, 10. Can you remember 10 of your innings? Oh. Um, <laughs> there's that famous quote, well, it's becoming more famous now. I'm going to read it. It's already in that thing, but uh, – it's a story of Nathan Lyon batting with Steve Smith. Uh, I think it was at Edge Baston. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, Lyon comes out with a, like a message from Steve Waugh. Yeah. Just working tens. Yeah. You know? Going back to the 90s, safety. Yeah. They did everything in tens. Yeah. You know, three Ps, partnerships, patience, and something else. And uh, mm. Persecution. Yeah. <laughs> of, of, of those who are different <laughs> that's to right. us. That's right. Steve Waugh's fingers, cro- uh, f- fingers crossed and yeah. arms crossed on Persecution the Persecution of Scott Muller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the three piece. <laughs> That's in next month's wisdom cricket. But it, but but Lyon, you know, has that quote where he's like, I remember saying to Smudger, you know, we get ten more runs, we get to two fifty, and and Smith says, "Shut the fuck up, let me bat, I'll get it up to 300. Now, Smith in this piece denies that he used ex- expletives. Well, that'd be I, his brand, and he's lying again. Yeah. Well, Nathan Lyon said that on this podcast. He told us that story. Yeah. And we laughed. We laugh. There's a great picture in that of Broad scratching his head as Steve Smith scoring runs. So that's Wisden Cricket Monthly, guys. You can get a deal through the Grey Cricket if deal. you go to bit.ly slash WCM grade. Six issues for £9.99. That's £1.67 per magazine or Australia, $2.50 per magazine, compatible on all major devices. Wisden Cricket Monthly, bit.ly slash WCM grade. Jack Leach is coming up and after that Mitchell Stark. Hey, Pezzo, I want to wish you an amazing birthday, and this is coming on behalf of all of the fans at the TGC. You are the leader of rare units, and from one shot came to another, love from Higo and Billy Midwater. Enjoy, mate. I hope you have an amazing day. All right, here goes. Uh, this man is well known to audiences in both Australia and across the cricketing world. Now, people might point to the signature glasses, but really, uh, he's a spinner under 30 playing pretty regular international cricket, has a five for a test level to go with a bowling average under 30, a test 90 to his name, 291st class wickets at 25, uh, and the man unfortunately caught up in a scandal as Steve Smith clearly impersonated Chris Rogers uh, at Old Trafford, <laughs> and everybody believes that. I'm talking about Jack Leach. Jack, it's great to have you on The Great Cricketer. Hi guys, it's great to be on. Um, very privileged. It's an honour. <laughs> Said so convincingly it's as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll start from the beginning, Jack. Uh, you know, you're from you're from Taunton. Um, taken to the ground, only a few days old. Like, tell us a little bit about your club cricket beginnings. It was Taunton Dean, I believe, uh, and your relationship to club cricket now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so played for Taunton Dean uh, since I was a boy, and. Um, Grew up in Somerset, watching um, watching Somerset as a lad, and kind of support big Somerset supporter. 
um, and kind of always wanted to maybe play out on the county ground one day. I think my first first time playing out there would have been with in a school fine uh, like county final, and also uh, played that in quite a few um, tours, like um, club finals as well. So um, it was just great to be out there on on in the middle playing, and um, yeah, kind of made me want more, I guess. And um, yeah, things kind of um, develop, and you kind of um, work your way into the Somerset age groups and uh, onto the academy, and and uh, things sort of um, yeah escalated a little bit but I'm still a club cricketer at heart for sure uh, I played um, my last club game was actually between the Ireland test match and um, getting uh, called up for the second test of the Ashes so I uh, played last year and um, yeah that was an enjoyable to play back with my mates and not that these guys aren't my mates but um, <laughs> just that um, but you know, you know it's good to play where it all started and kind of um, takes you sort of um, I guess it reminds you of, of why we play the game and and um, yeah it's, it's cricket at its best definitely cricket at its best certainly so from from club cricket to the second test of the Ashes completely normal uh, progression there but you also played uh, some some grade cricket in Australia and you played in Brisbane for Valleys I think it was um, yeah you know uh, you know Kevin Peterson very is very outspoken on the Brisbane, uh, the people, the nightlife. You know, I want to know your experiences of playing great cricket. Is it comparable, you know, a night on the circuit? Is that comparable to, say, uh, you know, night on Cardiff, you know, where you, where you went to uni? You know, is, is, that a, is it a similar thing? You know, give us your experience of playing great cricket and circuiting in Brisbane. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had six months in Brisbane. Um, I'd only just turned 18. So, um, yeah, it was a, a great life. experience for me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, they are kind of the, the valleys made me feel very welcome, and um, I, I live with um, a guy called Phil Saxby, who also he he was paid for the Taunton Dean, so um, there was kind of that link there. And mm. um, I mean, my experience of great cricket is it's, it was very competitive. I um, found that um, I found the standard extremely. Um, challenging and um, you know as a spin bowler um, there wasn't an awful lot of spin so um, mm. and people knew you were a young English guy and, and wanted to uh, make your life a misery um, mm. but then off the pitch I guess is um, it was great social time and um, I remember I remember playing a, a rain card on a Friday night <laughs> or Friday afternoon into the evening um, and uh, I woke up the next morning and um, it was bright sunshine and um, the ground was dry as a bone. So um, that was a tough day. But, um, yeah, a bit different to England in that way. <laughs> I love that your main, your main takeaway from, from playing great cricket is the rain card. doesn't always work out in Brisbane especially. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, there's, there's, there's a really funny thing with you, Jack, I find that you're sort of um, – you're sort of painted as like a bit of a village cricketer who's made it, you know, who's made it to, you know, playing in the Ashes and opening the batting, you know, at Lords and all this kind of thing. But, you know, you played, you played Somerset on the 13s, 15s, 17s. You played under 15, England on the 15s. You won a minor county uh, championship with Dorset. 
You took 65 wickets in a county season. You played in the Ashes. You've hit 90 at Lords. Hmm. Like, you're actually just a worldie who's just belongs. You just you, know, you played 10 test matches already. You know, you just kind of there, but you sort of painted as like figure of fun because especially because you kind of grew up with Joss Butler, didn't you? Who was always sort of destined for stardom, but, but you've also made it as well. But, but you know, Joss is, Joss is a star and Jack's just the, you know, the left arm spinner. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as a, I think I've developed a little bit later, obviously you didn't get offered a contract at 18 when Joss, right. um, Joss did and a few of my other, um, guys my age, um, you know, they went straight to a professional contract, whereas I kind of had to go down the route of going to university. Mm. Um, and, you know, my aim was still to play lots of cricket at university and, and um, come back to Somerset in the summer and um, try and sort of keep my foot in the door that way and obviously get a degree alongside it. So I think, um, yeah, if, if I didn't get that opportunity, then I wouldn't have uh, made it as a professional cricketer. So, um, lucky to have had that opportunity. And, um, I think, um, also I just, um, would say I have had like good wickets to bowl on at, at Taunton, which has allowed me to bowl lots of overs, which not a lot of English spinners get. And, um, that's been really helpful for my development, but, I think a lot of it is just um, the way I look is obviously glasses, bald head. Um, and actually, people can, a lot of village cricketers can uh, relate to that. And sure. maybe, uh, yeah, I think um, obviously underneath that, I take myself and I take my cricket very seriously. Mm. But um, obviously, I think it's, uh, I do play my best cricket uh, with a smile on my face and, and also kind of like I you know, I try and remind myself of how I enjoyed it as a as a youngster, and try to play with that um, attitude on the field. Is um, you know, I, I want to win and and do well, but actually, um, it is a game, and um, it's a game to be enjoyed and and you know, um, and respect it for what it is. Mm. I want to, Jack, I just want to, you know, we are Australians and we're just obsessed with rigs here. Um, so I just want to dig into this looks thing a little bit because I'm not sure it gets, uh, I'm not sure that there's an accurate portrayal of you and, and the rig. And I just want to know what mm. you think about this. So like we did a bit of research for this conversation, approached a few former teammates of yours for comment. One simply wrote back bald at 21 as an Australian person, uh, anonymous uh, from Somerset, who was captain uh, in 2016, but, um, which, which is relevant because... You know, he could he could have been writing about me as well. To be fair, because I was bald at twenty one too. So respect, brother. But like, I'm just <laughs> noting like all of this talk about being a cult hero, free glasses for life. Crick info describes you as unathletic, and like, mate, I'm going through, I'm trawling through your Instagram. There's plenty of good rig shots there, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I see one from earlier yeah. this year. You sat down, propped up. Your left arm's propped up. Has a pretty good pump on the long head of the tricep. Uh, I just want to volunteer that I think your rig is a bit better than it gets credit for, and wondered whether you'd care to comment on that. Thoughts. Well, it's really nice for someone to acknowledge um, <laughs> that the, the um, underneath the shirt and um, you know obviously the glasses and the bald head like there's actually a decent decent rig there. So um, mm. yeah, I, I mean I, I do um, take pride in that, and um, you know uh, yeah, I feel like I went to uni at eighteen. I worked out with a lot of rugby players and they all did bench yep. um, so you know it's a lot of benching a lot of 
uh, before nights out and stuff. And um, yeah, that's where it all started, really. Also, Darren Vaness at um, Somerset S&C coach, um, you know, he got me in the gym early and got me uh, lifting a lot of weight. So um, yeah, I um, I do. Um, I I think um, that yeah, I I think actually I I don't move athletically and it's something that I am working on but um, yeah there's still a, I've still got a six pack so I'm happy yeah. with that well because <laughs> and rightfully so <laughs> rightfully so because well, we, we had Monty on the show a couple of weeks ago and we were just going through his home workout routine I'm not sure if you've seen that Jack but he's been doing sort of leg press on uh-huh. the couch and you know your your methodology of actually benching with rugby players seems much more you know efficient in uh, you know in, in rig work. But um, but I digress. I want, I want to ask you just just uh, staying staying with the staying with the rig chat. Obviously, uh, Raheem Cornwell playing in this Test match. You mm-hmm. know, just just absolute uh, you know wonderment on the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to know you're looking forward to a pint with the big man after the game. I just need to know more about him being tapped up by the you know San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. being tapped up in the NFL. Are you looking forward to a beer with Raheem? I would love that. I think. Um it's going to be difficult maybe with the um, COVID kind of uh, uh, yeah, situation. Right, okay. That's right. yeah. Not being able to the other team, but um, at uh, some point um, I, I would love to have five minutes with him and have a, have a chat because um, just compare notes. Yeah. Yeah. About, and um, he's a, yeah, he's a bloody good bowler as well. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, no, it's been um, good to see him um, playing and, um, well, I played in the A tour against him, and he cleaned up. So, um, yeah, he's he's, um, he's a good good bowler. He hasn't obviously um, taken any wickets in this game, but um, I've seen him in in more helpful conditions, and uh, he's mighty effective. So, um, yeah, I guess another one who maybe you know um, on the outside, um, you know, certain people might have certain opinions, but um, actually. You know, underneath that, there's a very good cricketer. Mm. You mentioned COVID there, Jack. I, I noted just, uh, and I was trolling through your Twitter as well, but... Um, <laughs> a lot of some, social times. Yeah, right? interesting tweet, like at the peak of COVID-19 that makes a comparison between... You retweeted this, or you actually quote tweeted this, but a comparison between Ben Stokes and the NHS, and it says, just think of it this way, yeah. we are Jack Leach and the NHS is Ben Stokes. <laughs> All we have to do is stay in and assist our partner so they can get us through the battle. Don't be taking any risky singles, yeah. though. Lion might not be able to catch, but you could catch Corona. Hashtag stay safe. And I'm just thinking, like, for the Aussies who look at that, in this analogy, like, given his tactics and field placements, like, is it safe to assume Tim Payne is Boris Johnson in this analogy and Justin Langer perhaps Xi Jinping? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, we can go further yeah. with that. There's so many, I think, so much we can do with it. I think that's where cricket's so great is that um, you can make these analogies to, to real life. And um, I think we're always learning from cricket um, about life. And I think we're always, um, it's the other way around as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm all for those kind of analogies. And um, and I know you boys are definitely. So, um, yeah, just keep them coming. Okay, so Le- Leach says Langer is Xi Jinping. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's Fox yeah. Sports. Right. Uh, that's clickbait tomorrow morning. Sorry, mate. Okay, yeah, confirmed. <laughs> 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 
I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Jack. You know, obviously uh, one of the big stories from this Test match or this Test series, I suppose, has been Stuart Broad's involvement. Is his uh, you know unselection in the first Test and then coming back really strongly in the next in the next two Tests after that. I mean, how keen were you to avoid him in the nets mm. and just or for, also just Joffrey Archer generally in the nets because those like his net bowling videos are just frightening. And I think I've seen he bowls massive yeah. no balls in the nets as well. So avoiding them massively. <laughs> Um, yeah, def- definitely. Um, lucky, I'm lucky because as a spinner, you know, there's not two. The, there's only me and Betty here, so you know we have to bowl the first two rotations, I reckon, and and that's when all the batters are batting and and most of the sixes are, are bowling. So right. um, I usually get a bit of uh, dog stick at the end, and um, that is perfect for me. I um, have no interest in yeah. in facing the nets so I find nets even worse like just claustrophobic and um, yeah yeah not, not enjoyable but um, yeah I did face Joff in the uh, in the warm up game before for this series and um, yeah I couldn't believe how fast it was mm-hmm. uh, just just one more before we wrap up here um, <laughs> wrap, wrap up here uh, Jack that's um, you know you, you're just looking go through your career um, and it's been a really interesting one. There's lots, lots of ups and downs, you know, already. Um, you know, so you've got, you got your England debut, then you break your thumb, and then uh, your Somerset teammate, Don Best, takes your spot. Then Adil Rashid gets a go, who at the time was only on a white ball contract for Yorkshire. And then, um, then you know, you go, go to New Zealand, and then you get sepsis, and then you go to South Africa, and then you possibly have one of the first cases of COVID-19, and then you're sort of in the bio bubble now. I mean, like, there's, there's so many ups and downs in there already in, the, in you know, just a short career yeah. so far. Um, so how many wickets are you going to take against Pakistan in the first test is what I'm asking. <laughs> well, I'm due enough, aren't I? So yeah. that's what I'm holding on to. Is, um, you know, I, I've, I've found that, you know, when I've had um, a few ups, there's always a, a down around the corner. And I think, um, again, another great thing about cricket is it kind of um, keeps you uh, grounded. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, Obviously, yeah, I feel like I'm bowling really well and uh, really, um, I guess, really want to be involved. I feel like it could make a difference. And, um, but, yeah, obviously need to wait for, for other people to think that as well. So, mm. um, yeah, and um, just kind of be patient, I guess. I think that's a big thing cricket teaches you um, on the field, but also off it, that you have to wait till you go, like, um, and um, I guess it'll be a feeling of like once I get a go, I want to keep hold of it this time and um, mm. obviously perform well and try and stay healthy as well. Obviously, can't do much about what happened, and um, yeah, just need to um, hope that the health health stays well. There's no reason it shouldn't. So um, yeah, just looking forward to what's to come rather than what's happened. Mm. Jack Leach, congratulations on everything so far. Stay healthy. We hope to catch you out in Australia uh, very soon. Thanks for your time. Cheers, boys. Thank you. You Jordan, six for nine. And cock him out. And cock him out. And cock him out. That's Ben Stokes' old club, isn't it? Cock him out, cricket club. Huge job, six for nine. Six for nine. Six for nine. And cock him out. Huge job.
All right, here goes. I've, I've got to um, hold my hands up here personally. Like This bloke should have been on the cast uh, long ago. And mm. actually, he sledged us about that very fact uh, last year in Sydney, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the bloke with 244 test wickets, 13 fifers, 178 ODI polls. Um, but did he do it with the right body language? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Western Suburbs, New South Wales, and Australian King of Wheels, husband of Elisa Healy. Mitch Stark, Mitch, uh, welcome finally to the great cricketer. Gentlemen, it's about time. It's no, nah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you played your club cricket at Wests, Mitch, and I say that in past tense deliberately because obviously you'd be done with that now. Um, it's the club of the late Phil Hughes, Michael Clark, and, of course, Daniel Smith. Uh, I actually remember you bowling first change at age sort of 16 or 17. So two questions. Tell us about life at Pratton Park, what you learned from the hard heads there, and, like, um, did you have to work hard to finally usurp Matt Day and Grant Roden to open the bowling? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I have, probably haven't played there for about seven years, just oh, purely through the schedule. Mm, but um, sure, yeah, schedule well, issues, yeah, yeah schedule issues. Yeah. During <laughs> during my time at West, I've heard so much about this this ridge that they used to have at Pratton Park, and how it used to be a, a fast bowler's paradise because he used to hit the ridge and it'd be up around the nose of the batsman and. Never seen it in my time, so um, <laughs> clearly changed. <laughs> so it's like Lords, except it's horizontal instead of vertical. You sort of use a slope at Lords, yeah. but you use a ridge at Pratton. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, never seen it, but um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a fun time at West with some uh, strong names you mentioned there, and, and um, big, big quicks that I had to had to push to the side to try and get to the front. <laughs> Um, I want to know what, what Mitch Stark does during a, you know, a, a global pandemic, which mm. is a thing that I never thought I'd be saying. But, mm. you, know, uh, you know, how many overs are you watching of the test series? You know, or has it just been a nice break generally to not be sledged by warning? <laughs> I've been watching the golf, actually. <laughs> 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 uh, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not a big um, watcher of cricket these days. I have, I've switched over here and there to... Mm just to see how it's been progressing. and, and um, But I certainly haven't stayed up late at night to watch it. Again, mm. I've um, preferred watching the, the golf and, and um, mm. actually had a, have a, a, a mate, um, an English mate over here who lives in Scotland, was up uh, at the Hunter Valley the other weekend to play some golf and, and uh, we had a little weekend away. And um, he was obviously uh, very fond of watching the cricket. So we, we uh, it was the first test, so we... Um, Happily gave him stick for, for the Windy's Mini, so um, that was a great weekend. <laughs> Just, uh, just following up on that, Mitch, like, uh, like in the because we've got a lot of uh, English fans who want to know what you think of the current side. Like, I'm, I'm just looking for confirmation on this story. Like, at the CA Awards a few years ago, a good friend of mine across from Ian Higgins was sitting at the bar, slumped over a whiskey uh, next to one of the Aussie quicks, won't say who, and they both look up at the screen, and it's showing the England-West Indies test, like, a couple of years back. Higo says, you know, do you watch much of this, mate? And the quick replies, I haven't seen a ball. Um, so just with that in mind, like, how are you assessing England's performance against the West Indies this time around? And, like, and how scared should we be of Ollie Pope uh, next summer? <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what's hard to watch, watching that England top three. I mean, you know, got, they only scored about 15 runs off 150 balls. So, um, yeah, that makes it hard to watch cricket. But um, I think everyone, <laughs> on a serious note, I've been close to the serious player with, with bat and ball, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, obviously started slowly in that series to, to go down the first test. But they've, they've found, um, I guess, through their combination with their bowlers and, and Stuart Broad's obviously given them some sticks for leaving them out of the uh, the first uh, first test. But um, 
they're watching Cameron Champ play 18 holes somewhere yeah, in, exactly. in Abu Dhabi or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing that has been very entertaining for a lot of people worldwide has been Dave Warner's TikToks. Yeah. And I haven't seen any public commentary about that. I mean, there's got to be something going on in the WhatsApp groups. There's a couple of conversations, you know, mm. just checking in with Dave. You know, is, is, there, is there any chat about his TikToks? I think for a, for a little while at the start, there was a big stick thrown his way on a few of the group chats. And then uh, I think um, obviously people caught on that he was getting paid some, some money for it. So um, the people stopped paying attention to them, I think. Right, yeah, fair play. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. People have done that with us too. Uh, just, just talk like about contemporary stuff. I mean, it's like um, – you know, many would have you as the premier short form bowler in world cricket. I certainly would, especially while you're on the cast. Um, you famously uh, you op- you opted out of this year's IPL recently to spend more time with Elisa, um, which was very endearing. Um, with respect to Elisa and all partners out there, including my own, like would I be right in presuming that the lockdown has meant you've now definitely spent enough time with your partner and that the IPL is once again attractive, or alternatively, Shield cricket at Jermaine Oval. <laughs> Oh, I went okay at Tremont Oval, so maybe some shield cricket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it has been has been uh, really nice. And selfishly, it's been really nice to have some time at home. And I, I think there's a few there's a few people who probably would agree that uh, a bit of time to refresh the mind and the body has been been fantastic. And and, and our blokes are raring to go for cricket. And, and um, but yeah, we we have spent a, probably more time together in the last few months than we have in, in the last 10 years. So um, we're still married. We still haven't, um, I haven't been post too hard yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm still getting beaten on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then so like if you have sort of had a good amount of time together, then you've just got that really tough question of like, oh, do I play in the IPL or do I play like shield cricket mm. at, uh, you know, Wollongong? Uh, you know, what is just on just face value, you know, like a lot of the media have been winding this up as like a really tough question for a lot of the quicks and a lot of the Australian cricketers. Like, you know, just what's your gut say if you had to choose between the IPL and you the know, riches of the Sheffield, yeah, Shield. batting second against Mitch Swepson, uh, at Wollongong? <laughs> well, I don't have a contract, so I don't have to worry about it, but um, I guess if you're in Pat Cummins' shoes, um. $3 million sounds pretty good for a bit of D20 cricket, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where he's going. <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah. Well, I mean, we sort of turn the minds to what's going to happen in the Australian season coming forward here, Mitch, and obviously India coming back and Bajara and Kohli and stuff, and, and we've obviously seen with the, you know, the, the UK summer where they can't touch the ball with any saliva and like that's the Duke and the Duke's still swinging a little bit. How, how the fuck are we supposed to make the Kookaburra swing you know, on Adelaide or the MCG, if we can't like, what's 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 the secret? Is it back sweat? What's what's the thing? What are we looking at? Yeah, what are we what, what are we looking at? How do we do that? How do we make it swing? Well, I was hoping to get a few tips from you boys because <laughs> we can't even use, use sweat at training these so days. They they yeah. stand both sweat and saliva from training at the moment for us. So it's going to be an interesting one. Maybe we have to play play more ping pong games. I guess I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but, yeah, um, play at night. Yeah, that uh, that Kookaburra, the red Kookaburra does struggle without a bit of. A bit of love, and uh, I mm. think even even Jimmy Anderson came out um, during the week or maybe last week saying that um, you know even the Duke ball struggled a little bit for that that swing that he obviously relies on so much with his his fantastic skills. So mm. it's something that's going to have to continually that and, and and address as as we find a way through the pandemic. But 
Mm. At the moment, obviously, it is what it is, and then health and safety is at the forefront. Mm. Obviously, with India coming out here, I'm just really interested in to, to sort of get a gauge because, I mean, Pez and I have never been to India, so we don't know what that's like, but you've bowled to some of the greats, obviously, the Indian players specifically. I'm talking Dhoni, Kohli, you know, the likes of that. Yeah, what is that? What does it feel like? Not probably less so in Australia, but you know, playing in India when a Kohli or a Dhoni comes to the crease, does that make you like as a bowler nervous when they're coming in? Is it like what, what's the what's the feel in the in the in the stomach and the heart when they're coming to the crease? Just the roar of the crowd, the energy. Like I think we were talking to someone else uh, recently who said like you can, you can actually feel the weight of a country actually when they come to the crease. Now you know, playing third grade at Pratt and Park, you know, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what that feels like, oh. um, but. You know, what, like, what, what, what is that like when Coley comes to the crease, for instance, or Adoni? Um, Maybe the best way I can describe it is I remember my first test tour was actually to India and, and um, I didn't play any of the, the two tests, but we were sitting there in the, the second test in Bangalore. Um, it was, uh, I think it was maybe myself and Phil Hughes and, and James Patton sitting there running drinks. And anyway, sorry, um, Catching Zadouka was playing and, and he scored some runs and he was getting close to, to 100. And all of a sudden, Bangalore Stadium was full and loud as, as anything you'll ever ever experience in cricket. He got his 100, they all went nuts and then it disappeared. <laughs> and then he got close to 200, and they all came back and it got louder. He got 200, it was loud again, and they all disappeared. Mm. So these days, they obviously embrace cricket a bit more and it's loud for a long time. Mm. But, um, in terms of some of those big name players, they it is extremely loud and and it is a bit like all of the country are there at the game watching and and not cheering for you. Yeah, <laughs> is, is is that is that really intimidating? Is it an intimidating environment or kind of like oh, this is actually really cool? I think a bit of both. I, I, sort of been uh, I've been around long enough now not to to be too drawn in by the crowd, but um, it, it still is amazing when you go to to. Especially India and, and how loud it is for you know twenty twenty thousand screaming Indians in Bangalore is as loud as a full stadium in Australia sometimes. So it, it can be uh, it can take a moment just to, to get used to, but um, yeah, at the same time it adds to that atmosphere, which is is fantastic for cricket. Just on India, Mitch, like going through the media archives following the last India series, I've just noted like a concerted effort from the Quicks, like the Aussie Quicks, to highlight. Just how much they're dreading bowling to Chiteshwar Pajara. Uh, so, like, leaving aside the fact that Pajara is an absolute gun who we respect and is always welcome on this show, um, like, can you confirm this approach is part of an overarching dog whistle strategy to Alpha Virat Kohli? <laughs> yeah, I think that was led by Pat Cummins. You know, he he, uh, he used to be the alpha of the the bowling group at the mm. moment, old Gold Balls, but. Um... <laughs> 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 but yeah, we, we spent a fair bit of time bowling to the jar and, and um, Paddy at, at, I guess, at a few different stages through that series, almost had to stick on Virat. So, um, yeah, he, he's one who can, if the ball's not doing much and the wickets are flat, he can bat for a long time. Which we saw this this year, yeah, we had that uh, really important ODI series in South Africa, you know, three months after the World Cup, which meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, and was it the third third ODI when you had the option to come back, you know, to, to watch uh, Lisa play in the World Cup final? I mean, how hard a decision was that to either play in that third meaningless ODI game in South Africa or come home and watch your wife, you know, dominate a World Cup final from the, you know, comfort of a press box or a hospitality box? It was a very comfortable hospitality off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's uh, unfortunately um, that was decided uh, long before the series. So um, I was still coming back, even if it was was one all or yeah. uh, or two nil. So um, yeah, I guess it, 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 we can laugh about it now, and it was a dead rubber. But um, yeah, I was. It was a bit of a nervous bus trip, actually. It was a five-hour bus trip to Hotchestrum, I think, where we were going for the last game. And um, that's actually uh, more more blokes than I've ever seen before on a cricket bus watching watching how the the Aussie girls prefer at the World Cup, which is, is fantastic to see. Mm. So, um, yeah, and if they won, I had to, to get my car back to the airport the next day. And if not, I was going to play the third game. So, um as it turned out, it was just great to get back and watch the girls win uh, win a World Cup final and, and to, to see 90, well, nearly 90,000 people at the MCG. It's probably going to be the, the, the biggest uh, sporting event in Australia, or the, the, the last big sporting event in Australia for a, for a little while with what's going on. So it was, um, it was a fantastic story in the end for the girls. And, and just glad to, to be there and, and um, be able to support the wife as well. Mm-hmm. Mitch, uh, like, feel free to dispute the premise of what I'm about to say, but um, like, uh, uh, as you like, as you know, like last year there was a bit of a small media spot fire that broke out between yourself and the new head of performance slash new Pat Howard, Drew Jin. Like, so as far as I could tell, like the the issue concerned training regimes for quick bowlers, where Jin, who's like an ex Olympic rower, started to say some rare stuff about training at twenty percent, then eighty percent, then building up because that's what rowers did fifteen years ago when we won gold a lot. Um that's they're my words. Um in response you said I just want to bowl fast, which is now literally the words on your wristband. Oh, yeah. Like Mitch, how do you deal with these non cricket theories men with very rare ideas? And do you ever wonder whether there's any danger that the entirety of Gen X can get off your back for two seconds? <laughs> Are you trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, I, uh, very diplomatically, I can I can respect where he's coming from, but I I didn't agree with what yeah. he was was trying to get around us at that point in terms of, of the fast bowling. I'm not going to run into the nets and bowl twenty percent to Steve Smith, and neither is going to get anything out of that session. So. Um, I think one of the best sessions we've ever had is where I tried to bowl 35 to 40 balls at his head for a session (laughs) (laughs) and had to be dragged out of the net. So, no, it's that that competitive net session that we're after and and there's still an element there that you need to – personally, I I feel you you need to remind the body what bowling fast is like and how that hurts the body and and there's an adaptability there to that. So – in that instance, I didn't. I didn't agree with with Drew. When when you're bowing to Steve Smith, I remember watching footage. Where was it? It might have been in England, just before the Ashes last year. Yeah, I think it was. He just come back into the squad, and then he you're bowling to him, and he he's just talking the entire net session, yeah. and like you bowl a ball, and he's like, <laughs> you beat him all ends up, and he's like, not much I can do about that one, my friend. Yeah. Just the weird. Like, what's it like <laughs> bowing to? Like the absolute, you know, a, chi- a child a in child. a man's body. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, it, it can be very funny at times. It can be very strange. He's just endlessly but, talking, um, right? Yeah, uh, he, he can do that. Yeah, and and now Marnus, his little puppy dog, his little shadow, has followed him there. It, if you get both of them in the same net, it's um, it can be a very strange net. So. <laughs> <laughs> you sometimes just sit back and laugh at them, but um, you know they're they're extremely talented players. Obviously, Steve's one of the best in the world for mm. has been for a long time, and Manus is 
you're starting to follow him there. So, um, but that that's the they're the next sessions that you're after. Those hugely competitive mm. at times comical, at times very strange, but mm. um, very competitive. And, and I think that's what we that's how we get our, most of out of, out of ourselves at, at training as well. And, and mm. um, hopefully getting to the higher levels at game time as well. Mm. Well, obviously that, um, that uh, England series, it's, it's sort of um, slated for September, the, mm. the, the ODI series, whatever. I mean, two weeks quarantine, uh, two weeks hotel quarantine, who are you inviting more, Marnus or Steve Smith in a hotel <laughs> quarantine for two weeks? There's a lot of shadow batting going on there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the other, other uh, end of the hallway to because um, <laughs> you're hearing, hearing tuck in the back in the middle of the night, so to speak, Smith. But um, <laughs> it sounds like uh, we could be we could be uh, away of the away from the IPL boys. They it sounds like they're getting dropped off on the way back home. So right. yeah, it could be uh, could be a smaller contingent in, in quarantine back home. But hopefully we've got um, we've got some facilities there to, to quarantine in and train, and, and um, Marnus can do his batting in the nets and not in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing how all that plays out. Mitch, thanks so much uh, for chatting with us on the way home from training, from the COVID bubble boy training uh, that you've been doing. And we definitely don't want to get you in trouble with questions. They're just, you know, indulgent questions that you've dealt with well anyway. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a good laugh. Pezzy. Yeah, you know, Pezzy. Go, go with it. I'll get called Pezzy. It's girl at school called me that once in year 10. I thought, I've oh. never called you Pezzy before. No. But we're going to roll with now. it. Okay, Pezzy. Enjoy Pezzy. that. Enjoy that. Someone's going to say that next week in a comment somewhere on the internet when we're trawling. Mm. Pezzo is when I was going to say, no, Pezzy, budgie smuggler. And this is the start of the ad. I'm not leaving that out. Please. Budgie smuggler, a huge supporter of ours and have been over the years and now supporting. Our greatest. Oh, oh there I said it. Yeah. Our there, greatest supporter. There you said it. Yeah. Name a better duo than budgie smuggler and the great cricketer. Yeah, exactly. I'll wait. Fuck, I hate that. Anyway, Budgie Smuggler are doing some really good things. They've obviously, we've been supporting swimwear for a long period of time, but now they're getting into the mask game. Exactly. That's so good. So, so for those unaware who are outside Victoria, it's mandatory to wear masks around in this COVID-19 Mate, I was walking down the street the other day and people are cleaning street poles. Yeah. Disinfecting street poles. Mm. So everything's fucking normal and good. Yep. Everything's completely fine. Mm. Everything's completely mm. fine. And you're going well with everything going on at home. Yep. And... Uh, uh, you know, if, got, if you do have things going on at home, please get it sorted. Anyone out there? But for, for yeah, for those unaware, you have to wear masks in Victoria, and uh, it has given rise to, as as you'd imagine, a lot of people needing masks. Uh, and Budgie Smuggler are in the mask game now, yep. and they want us to pump this up. Yep. Not only are they doing masks, but they're doing custom design masks. Into it, it's it, it, people are getting into it, and they are they're um, all approved. They're medically up to standard. PPE certified yep. uh, and all that malarkey. Ticking all the boxes. Ticking all the boxes. So We're all kind of wearing masks, aren't we, in some way? Indeed. You want to expand upon that or is it no, more just, just a, yeah, No, just more stuff. Just, just drip feeding some information to you. Nice one. Sorts of things you might get uh, designed on your mask. Um, you know, Broad's shock face. This show is about Stuart Broad. Yes. Chris Rogue's first, Stuart Broad to a lesser extent. Yes. Broad's shock face. Yep. Uh, Jason Holder, who yep. we know and love. Yeah. One of the most important figures in cricket currently. One of the most important figures. Uh, Rakim Cornwall playing yes. test cricket for his country with yes. two hats on his head, a cover of this show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all with a San Francisco 49ers Guernsey on. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Gislaine Maxwell, mm. you know, mm-hmm. look into it. There's all sorts of things you can get on. There, yeah, yeah. And, and Budgie Smuggler will accommodate that design. And the good thing about 
uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, for instance, is that her yes. trial's on for another year. So it, it will remain relevant for a period mm. of time if you want to go down that route. Mm. Whereas, you know, Jason Holder. G. Um, Maxwell. How important is he going to be? Exactly. BudgieSmugglerUK.com, our great friends. Well, given that the test matches are crammed in a very short period of time, you're going to get that opportunity. What about getting to 500 wickets? Is that a big carrot dangling in front of your eyes? Uh, not really. No, I'm, I'm not really bothered about those sort of milestones. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. Pezzy. Hashtag AskTGC. I, I, don't, I don't like that name for you. It doesn't yeah. feel good. It feels childish. Does that mean by rights as an Australian you're, you will continue to call me that? You don't like no, it, it doesn't therefore make, I get it? No, because it doesn't make me feel good when I say oh, I it. I see. It's funny because everyone calls me Higos in Australia, but Higo in the UK, they drop the S. You got Missy a lot as well in a former grade cricket life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that still hang around? Missy Higgins was really – no. No, it was just at the time when she was a big artist in Australia. Yep. And obviously my cousin, which I told many people that as a lie. Anonymous writes in. Yeah, that I, of course, yeah. Anonymous writes in and he prefaces it with lads. Just wanted to get in touch to share a story that happened during a game I was involved in last year in New Zealand club cricket. I was surprised upon rocking up at the ground to see one of the players look even more nervous than normal. Upon further investigation, it was discovered that he had previous dealings with the umpire, nothing abnormal, as I'm sure you'll agree. But I was surprised with what he said next. And I quote, you don't understand, mate. My dad put him away for three years. <laughs> put him away. Put him away for three years. Further questioning, of course, followed, and I discovered that not only was his dad a judge, but that the bloke officiating our game today had served a custodial sentence for fraud and was indeed sentenced by our opening batter's father. Intrigued to see how the day played out, I was only left more astonished by the events that followed. <laughs> Intrigued to see how the day played out. <laughs> First of all, the umpire tried to give the aforementioned player out court on what was clearly a bump ball, something that even the fielding team admitted to. I was only left more inquisitive when the judge's son was completely triggered LBW, a horror decision. <laughs> Any doubt whatsoever the umpire knew the identity of the cricketer was removed when whilst we were fielding, the aforementioned judge's son had a wicket taken away while bowling after the said umpire no-balled him after cleaning someone's poles up. Why the captain bowled him from that end, I don't know. But anyway, a few takeaways. Number one, if this situation arises again, is it even more imperative that norm, uh, than normal that we leave all our valuables with our scorer rather than leaving them in the sheds. And two, should the player report this umpire to the relevant cricketing authorities, therefore continuing his family's quest for justice against this man? Thoughts? <laughs> um, that's a unique situation. That's, you know, you haven't had one like that. So thanks for the question. Anonymous. I look very serious. Well written as well. Uh, well, firstly, on to the second question there. Should he be reported to the cricketing authorities continuing a quest for justice? I mean, has justice not been served? You know, the judge has put him away for three years. Yeah. He's come out. What more can he do? Exactly. Yeah. He's umpiring again. Yeah. I say allow the man his freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, after three years, he's gone away for fraud. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of us should be going away for fraud in mm -hmm. many ways in our life. Well, he's, gone for fraud. he's gone away for three years. I don't know the particulars of the case. We weren't sent them for us to make our own yes. uninformed judgment. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, wrong place, wrong time for the sun, I say. And this is cricket's version of street justice. Mm. You know, I, you know, and without having ev any evidence to back this up, I'd harshly and unfairly suggest all umpires take up the role um, of umpire to compensate for some injustice that they had mm -hmm. early on in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I can only imagine what Joel Wilson went through, for example, <laughs> with the greatest respect to Joel. To the great man. 
Because I've said great respect to him, so that eliminates all the disrespect yes, I've shown. That's him, how right? it works yeah. in law. Um, yeah, but has has the umpire been rehabilitated though? Absolutely. Well, his actions suggest that he has not been rehabilitated, and he he will he's a reoffender. Oh, this is recidivism. Yes. Well, is it fraudulence? You know, is it fraudulence again to just? Yeah, I mean, he spent three years in the slammer. Yeah, he was saying some things. For fraud, yeah. right? And then you get one chance as an umpire just to trigger the judge's son. Mm. It's just a bit of cricket. Mm. Is his son a good player? Probably not. He's probably used to it. Mm. Um, but then, oh, so by all, I mean, what's he meant to do? Is he meant to umpire him fairly and squarely? Mm. Get out of here. Mm. Umpires give guys out for worse reasons than being sent to jail for three years. <laughs> umpires give blokes out for looking at them the wrong way or throwing the ball at them in a manner which they can't catch it with. And now this umpire's in trouble because his judge put him away in a slam of three. <laughs> I mean, they're all good questions. They're all good questions. Thank you for the question, Anonymous. Tom Rollinson writes in, Dear hashtag Ask TGC. Does make sense? As a devoted fan of the podcast, I can't think of any better way to seek advice on a deeply troubling issue. I can't think of a better way. Yeah. I've recently reached my 20s, celebrating in true lockdown style by getting pissed off attempting to play golf, following by badgering cricket net videos. Brackets, why has this become a thing? Close brackets. Returning home from university has left a void in my life, desperate to be alphaed or chant by my fellow TGC badgery housemates, which leads me on to my problem. Instead of the traditional happy birthday mate messages being received and posted on social media, I was greeted by terms such as champ, ankles, decaf, and even daddy kisser <laughs> with the intention to publicly humiliate me. Have I been alphaed on my birthday of all days or am I in fact the alpha figure in the group living in their heads rent-free and causing them to attempt to demoralise me on this day? Also, thoughts on the downfall of Root following his swap from GM to New Balance, averaging 71.2 and 45 respectively. Cheers, lads. Love the cast. Tom. He goes. First of all, Tom, do you kiss your dad with that mouth? Mm. Secondly, yes, you've been outfit. Um, I don't think the being referred to as daddy kisser doesn't scream to me big dick energy. Mm. Uh, for my, if for someone's mine. willing to call you daddy kisser publicly, yeah. I, I, I'm guessing you're not an alpha because if you were, that person wouldn't write that. But then at the same time, you know, as it's coming from blokes who are also listening to this peripheral podcast filmed in the depths of, you know, the COVID epicentre mm. in Australia, then I think you're probably going to be okay. I think you're probably going to be okay. Fourthly, if they want to call you DK from now on, you know, daddy kisser, let me know. Yep. Um, fifthly. Um, GM to me is a bit yuck and I don't, can't think of many players who looked good except for maybe Quentin DeCock or maybe Ross Taylor who looked good with a GM. Steve Waugh? Not for me. It's gritty. Oh, Steve Waugh's gritty. Steve Waugh was an elegant, good-looking. When I say look good, I just mean the entire image of safety that he perpetrated. Yeah, but you, well, that's a different question that you're asking there. I'm thinking. What does look good mean? You just mean as a stroke maker. A stroke maker, yeah. 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 Uh, I think Ollie Pope used the GM now, I have to say that. I think GM is classical, would be classical. It's pure. And they actually had a bat called the Purist. Yeah, that's and true. And we are fans we, of purity. Yeah, we wrote about that. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think we need to clear up a few terms. Obviously, badger, like for, for the Aussie listeners, like badger mm. is a very English term. I mean, yeah. cricket badger is like a snuff yeah. or a nuff. Yeah. Something like that. No. This, is a, this is a cross-cultural uh, exchange on this show. Yeah. After all, uh, he's a self-aware badger, Tom. In this, uh, I'm not sure if there is like he, the suppressed premise in this post is that 
each exchange confers an alpha and a beta. Like there has to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's true here. Like I, I find it difficult to ascribe an alpha to anybody involved in this exchange. You know, you've got his mates who've decided to execute like a choreographed humiliation publicly on Facebook during someone's birthday. It's oh, choreographed. That's not very alpha. It's like, like there's a WhatsApp going, oh, let, let's get him. And let's call him cool things like decaf and ankles. <sighs> got him, you know. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, mm. our mate here is calling himself a badger and he's asking about Roots sponsorship. Mm. And quoting a- averages to the, to the first decimal place. Mm. So that's not his sh- research. That's not his research. Only to the first decimal place. What is this fucking village hour? <laughs> Second and third decimal places from now on. Please, DK. I I like this aggression from you. Please. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure there's a classic alpha among anyone in this exchange, including us. Doesn't sound like the household is filled with you know women's underwear. You know, like was, there was no conferment with you know women in the household. And what is the sound of that? From experience, the it's, not the, it's not the sound of a house with women's underwear through it. You, are you familiar with what those sounds are? I've been to a brothel. Tim Chandler, I'll just carry on. <laughs> Why does Ollie Pope make me feel so safe? <laughs> I'm a university graduate living at home, no job prospects, no work experience, no money. I face a post-COVID world, which almost certainly means economic ruin and a catastrophic rise in house prices. I'm not sure about that. Why does a ginger the same age as me who hits a ball with a plank make me feel like this is all fine? Why am I happy to watch camera shots of him on the England balcony whilst I lie in bed covered in what's it dust? <laughs> Why? Yeah. So the funny thing to, about the what's it dust is that I looked that up because I know what a what's it dust yeah. is, and it's twisties. They're twisties in Australia. Oh, is oh, it's the is same it, same thing. Oh, same is it thing. okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, look, same, I, I, like, I got um, what's it dust as a chicken and cheese dish. <laughs> as a dish, <laughs> a dish. Well, it's, no, it's yeah. packaged. It, make, it makes sense. Yeah, crisps. What's it dust? Yeah, they're twisties. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, Shaw with Rexona and Vauxhall and Holden. That kind of got kind it. Of got gear. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. Anyway, what's it dust just sounds yeah. that could be anything. So, it's so finish. nefarious, what's yeah. it dust. It, I'm yeah, into it. I know. Uh, anyway, um, so there's that. Um, then there's – no, Ollie Pope hasn't earned the right to make a country feel safe yet with balcony-laden images of him. You need to score at least 10,000 test runs to make anyone feel safe. Yeah, but it's the symmetry of his entire – You have to have hairy forearms up. at least. Oh. I think you need to be involved – he needs to be involved in some sort of Brexit negotiation to make a country feel oh. safe. He needs to be involved like a – he needs to be the catalyst of some sort of – a win which, um, you know, invokes some sort of COVID vaccine. To feel safe. To feel safe in oh, any sort of context. He's too young. He's 22 years old. He has a nice cover drive. Sure, don't get me wrong. Also, love redheads. Craig McDermott was my first love as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, redheads, good. Into him. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, but I mean, safety. Is safety on a balcony? Well, no, but, man, but, it's too Tim, early. But Tim's saying he does. So he's saying he's just asking why. Mate, he's covered in what's it does. This cunt doesn't know what's going on. This is a lot. I love this new Higgins. I think the coffee didn't hit this morning. I just yeah. feel a bit. Yeah. No, roll with it though. Uh, ah, fuck off. Hugh Rigney writes in. <laughs> Boys, are we going to ignore the elephant in the room that is that fat house track in the middle of the new pods? I need a trigger warning for that shit. My jaw is swinging like a rusty gate just listening to it. DJ Higgins from Upstairs Cargo. <sighs> well, that in yourself? Um, uh, it's, you yeah. know. It's you. It's nice, it's nice to get um, – Is his name Hugh Rigney or is that a uh, – That's not a burner account of mine. Yeah. Hugh Rigney, yeah, yeah. I didn't pick that up. Uh, all right, last one of the week, Pez. Joseph Woolley. 
Hashtag SCDC for you legends. So after having oh, nice. a very standard third grade game last season, 11 not out, batting at six, which I ran up to 20 odd and two for 30 odd. I thought I... It's fucking <laughs> that's so still works. It's lazy <laughs> and it works. <laughs> I thought I'd earned a round on the circuit. I thought I'd earned a round on the circuit. I've earned this. Yeah. To cut a long story short, a friend sent me up with a girl and we ended up oh. back at her place. Then she hits me with a question as we're chatting on the couch. Do you play any sports? Now, my initial reaction is to lie, saying no or pretend I play footy, but was forced to retire with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, as I, was deciding to, as I was deciding which lie to go with, the words were already coming out of my mouth. Yeah, play a bit of cricket. Ha ha. <laughs> Nervously awaiting her reply, she says, oh, nice. How good has Paddy Cummins been looking lately? And boys, to put it lightly, I've never been more attracted to a person in my entire life. My question for you is, why am I bashful of my cricket playing other than the fact I've averaged 6.11 and taken six catches over the last two seasons? Why do we keep ourselves in the proverbial cricket closet? Should I wear it with pride or continue to keep it close to my chest? Great to have you boys back in my ears again. God bless. Yeah. It's just... It's a very uh, nicely worded question, Joseph. Yeah, thanks, it's Joseph. friendly for once. Yeah. Uh, I think... It's just very rational. I'd be more concerned if Joseph, without any self-awareness, responded to the question about Cummins by launching into how much he loves cricket and loves playing with his mains because that's the surefire way to conclude the relationship before it commences. 100%. So it's, I think he's on the right track mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I did want to clarify when his, um, his uh, compadre said, Oh, nice. How good has Paddy Cummins been looking lately, whether she was referring to his playing or his eyes? Yep. Possibly both because both would apply. Uh, but even so, that's yeah. whichever made him feel attracted to her, go with it. But, yeah, I, I think stick with the bashfulness of it. Yeah. Don't let it out of the closet. The only thing that I'm worried about is that Joseph actually really does love the game. Like he's, a, he's an absolute, uh, well, let's say badger, he's badger for it. He's a badger for it. Yep. In which case you're gone anyway because be, you won't be able to suppress it. <laughs> She'll come and watch you. You average six point one one, and the uh, truth about uh, y- yeah the, the sadness in your life will, will become clear. But mm. you know, as as Monty and Greg Matthews says, just own it, brother. I think yeah, something we've spoken about a lot um, is that you should never, despite committing like 30, 30 hours a week for probably eighty percent of your entire mm. adult part time job, according to the OECD, all that kind of stuff. You know, you should never admit to actually liking the game um, through fear of being vulnerable, mm. especially like if you're going to say it's the opposite sex, because, you know, in my experience, you know, 98% of the time they're going to go, Oh, I hate cricket. Yeah. And then I have to say, so do I. And I do, but also, mm. you know, like this is my job. So that, mm. you know, mm. he's like, Oh, what level do you, yeah. you play? You play pro. But you I must play third grade. You yeah, see, so, but you must like it. Oh, yeah, but I don't want to tell you how much, mm. you know, but it's also, yeah, I don't want to reveal that. I, like I want to reveal that. I want to reveal that. And then it kind of precipitates a conversation of like where, where you're like, oh, I don't like, I don't, I play like I don't really like. I've been playing for so long, mm. I don't really like it. And then, mm. and then the missus or the partner's mm. like, why do, you, why do you do it? And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Because I didn't realize how much it's just been my entire life until I have to say it. Mm. It's like, oh, you live in the UK? Yeah, I played over there. Mm. Oh, so you really like it? Oh, yeah. But, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm doing a lot of exhaling out loud yeah. in conversations, yeah. and then I go strange home and mouth to a sock while crying. Got in your way there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting in the show now. <laughs> Thanks to Jack Leach. Thanks to Mitchell Stark. Polite man, Jack Leach. Very polite. Say. Very polite. Humble. Yeah. Just ahead of the comments that will come out after that. Oh, Jack didn't uh, 
you know, Jack didn't talk about, you know, tubbing or circuits or say any swear mm. words. Maybe sometimes in test cricket there are just guys who are nice people, nice mm. and polite people who play cricket. Mm. And what we're saying is there, we don't trust it and what are we secrets? See you next week.